Welcome to AMDA on the Hill, your opportunity to keep up with the latest policy and advocacy news from AMDA, the Society for Post-Acute and Long-Term Care Medicine. AMDA on the Hill is produced in association with AMDA on the Go and available on the same podcast channel. And now here's your host for AMDA on the Hill, Alex Bardak. Hello, and welcome to AMDA on the Hill, your periodic updates on AMDA's advocacy and policy activities. Uh, my name is Alex Bardock, and I'm the Director of Policy and Advocacy here in AMDA. And as usual, just wanted to provide you with uh, some updates on what we've been uh, doing over the last uh, several months and uh, what's coming up. Uh, of course, the big news story uh, that is playing out is that the public health emergency is now over. Uh, it ended on May 11th, 2023. And what that means is that many of the 1135 waivers that were put in place uh, back in March of 2020 at the beginning of COVID uh, have now expired. Um, and uh, amongst those waivers, of course, one of the big ones was uh, the three-day stay requirement for SNF uh, benefits. Uh, that is now that waiver is now gone. Uh, and so we are back to how it was the pre-pandemic, uh, where now you have to spend three nights in a hospital uh, in order to be eligible for the SNF benefit. Uh, of course, this is an issue that goes back a long ways, back into even the 90s. Uh, and AMDA has been very active with a large coalition of stakeholders uh, trying to talk to Congress uh, and CMS uh, about repealing it. And there's, of course, added pressure given the experience of COVID uh, and the experience of other managed care, uh, uh, accountable care organizations and value-based care models that uh, have those waivers in place uh, to put it in place throughout. Uh, however, that has not happened. Uh, and so uh, because of the end of the public health emergency, that is where we stand. Uh, some of the other waivers uh, that most impact you, uh, telehealth, we get a lot of, continue to get a lot of questions regarding telehealth and where we stand with uh, required uh, physician visits in the nursing home, the initial comprehensive assessment that's required within the first 30 days. Uh, can you still do that via telehealth uh, or not? The answer is, is now with public health emergency being over, many of the telehealth flexibilities that existed during COVID have now are continuing uh, because of legislation that was passed uh, earlier last year. Uh, so that means, uh, however, CMS has said that all physician-required visits in a nursing home uh, per by regulation have to be done in person. So your initial comprehensive assessment that's supposed to be done within the first 30 days uh, uh, is, has to be done in person. Any other medically necessary visits can be done via telehealth. And there is, at this point, continues to be no restriction uh, on doing that. So you can complete a medically necessary visit uh, prior to an initial comprehensive assessment, and that can be done via telehealth and can be done uh, by non-physician practitioners or advanced practice providers, uh, such as nurse practitioners and physician assistants. Um, so again, to review that, you, telehealth waivers are gone uh, from 1135. However, by legislation, many of the flexibilities are still around, uh, and you can bill as many times as you want for medically necessary visits but not for uh, physician-mandated visits. Those must be done in person. And again, if you have questions, please let us know. Uh, we've certainly answered many of them. Uh, we do have, speaking of coding and billing issues, uh, we do have recorded webinars that we hosted prior to the end of the year 
and then uh, close to the beginning of the year, as well as our session at our annual conference. So we continue to get questions. We continue to answer them. Uh, we do have a coding uh, tip line that you can utilize on our uh, app, uh, the AMDA app. Our coding, uh, coding guide is there as well that you can utilize, and we're happy to continue to uh, answer questions. Speaking of that, of course, as you know, since January 1st, 2023, uh, many of the documentation requirements are also very, very different than what you uh, were used to prior to that. Uh, we haven't heard too many issues uh, or questions around that. However, uh, if uh, you have concerns about how CMS is reimbursing or if you have uh, questions about what the documentation looks like or having issues uh, with your billing, again, please let us know. It's something um, you know we would like to know. Uh, in other news, of course, January 1st, 2023 also uh, marks the start of a new Congress. And with that, uh, essentially means a clean slate in terms of any legislation that would introduced in the previous Congress, but not enacted, uh, not passed and enacted into law. Uh, and that means that we have to start over with the legislation uh, promoting Medicare uh, medical uh, director transparency. And I'm happy to report that uh, one of the first acts uh, in Congress was the reintroduction uh, of uh, HR 177 uh, that would uh, provide for medical uh, medic, medical director uh, transparency. I think I've said that uh, many times and uh, maybe one of those things you try to say 20 times fast. Um, but uh, that bill has been reintroduced by Re Representative Brian Fitzpatrick out of Pennsylvania and Representative Mike Levin uh, out of California. We are working very actively on securing co-sponsors, and we've had several additional co-sponsors on the bill. And we are also actively working uh, with the Senate to introduce similar or the same legislation uh, in the Senate. Uh, you, all AMDA members should have received uh, a, an ask, uh, a templated letter that you can quickly send to your representatives asking them to co-sponsor this legislation. So please take a moment, take a look at that. If you haven't received it, we can send you another link or we'll provide it at, at the bottom here uh, to, uh, to send a letter to your local representatives uh, and let them know about the legislation, why it is important to you, why it's important to be enacted into law uh, and why they should co-sponsor it. Uh, the, the more co-sponsors we have, the more uh, traction the bill receives. So it's very important that we continue to put pressure uh, and advocate for its passage. Uh, so what are some of the other things that are going on? There are a couple of hearings uh, beginning, uh, obviously, with the end of the public health emergency. Congress is now starting to look at what's going on in nursing homes, what happened, uh, well, how can we move forward? And we're covering several uh, hearings on Capitol Hill in relation to COVID, uh, but also there's a hearing that's covering uh, the status of the survey process, whether the survey process is working, what's wrong, what's good, uh, the good, bad, and the ugly, as they say, with the survey process. This is an area that AMDA has been very active in. Uh, there's been JAMDA articles. We have uh, had conversations uh, with Capitol Hill and CMS about how to improve the survey process and where we see uh, faults with the current process and opportunities uh, to improve that. So we've been very active at those tables and in those conversations. These are obviously not simple issues to resolve. Uh, we don't anticipate that um, there will be major changes, uh, but um, you know we are hopeful that we can continue to make a difference. Uh, speaking of uh, of moving things, uh, we are continuing to participate in a large coalition to enact uh, reforms that were highlighted in the National Academies of Sciences. This is a report that now is a year old, uh, and there are many work groups that have been formed to advance many of the recommendations within that report. 
Uh, AMDA members are very, very active. Um, uh, Dr. Alice Bonner, who leads that effort, has been talking to uh, many at many conferences, including AMDAs, uh, recruiting uh, subject matter experts to help with that effort. Uh, and I'm glad to, to see that many AMDA members have stepped up and are participating on the various committees that are focused on a variety of issues, including payment, ownership transparency, health information technology, uh, and others. Um, so there are many meetings that are going on. If you are still have questions about that or would like to get involved, uh, you can visit the Moving Forward website. We have information on our uh, website as well. You can, of course, reach out to myself. Uh, or Alice Bonner, and I'm sure she would um, be very glad uh, to hear from you. As far as a couple of upcoming things, um, we, AMDA is getting ready to participate uh, in yet another AMA House of Delegates meeting. Uh, this is a meeting that brings together all the various state societies, uh, state medical societies, and the specialty societies. So it's an important conversation that happens on a, a biannual basis. There are two meetings a year, one in June and one in November. Uh, and we will once again gather in Chicago uh, in June to deliberate over uh, hundreds of resolutions that are proposed. Uh, AMDA is monitoring and tracking several of those, and we typically provide testimony. Our two current delegates uh, are Dr. Carl Steinberg from California and Dr. Leslie Ebor out of uh, Colorado. And both of them are very actively looking at what is being proposed and where uh, AMDA can make an impact, uh, as we usually do. Uh, so that's uh, another upcoming uh, kind of uh, thing. Uh, we also are continuing a lot of efforts on, on the states, not just on, on the federal level. Uh, in the wake of the passage of AB 749 out of California, and you may recall that that bill, uh, Sentinel bill out of California that required that every medical director in the state of California be a certified uh, medical director. Um, our state-based advocacy subcommittee has been looking to replicate that success in other states, and I'm happy to report that uh, Massachusetts now has a pending bill on this matter. Uh, Pennsylvania has been working with their Department of Health, uh, and there are many other states that looking at very similar uh, approaches within their state houses. Uh, if you are from a state and are curious uh, what's going on in your state or would like to get involved, uh, we would love to hear from you, so please, please let us know uh, I think your voice uh, would be welcomed, and the more uh, advocates and the more support we have for these issues, not just on the federal level, but even more so uh, on the state level, uh, where the action is uh, much quicker, uh, you can get things done in, in one legislative session as opposed to the federal level, where it likely takes uh, several legislative sessions to get uh, to get things through. Uh, we would welcome your participation in this uh, state-led effort. Um, I think those are the, the major uh, highlights uh, from me for uh, the public uh, policy and advocacy uh, group here in AMDA. Uh, as always, I, I continue to thank all of you for your engagement, for your advocacy. I think, um, you know, in 2022, we saw uh, a record number of AMDA members getting involved in advocacy, really uh, getting them, making themselves available, as difficult as that may be with busy schedules, uh, to making themselves available to speak with their members of Congress, uh, to participate in letter writing, to really get to understand the issues and the elevator speeches that are necessary to move things forward. So if you are um, interested in, in getting involved in that work, we would welcome your participation. And I want to thank uh, you for already uh, doing a ton of work and helping to send letters and, and making AMDA even more visible uh, in advancing uh, its mission for, 
for uh, uh, long-term care practices, and of course, uh, first and foremost, for patients and residents in post-acute and long-term care. So again, thank you, and uh, we'll we'll be talking uh, throughout the year. Thank you very much. References from this podcast can be found at paltc.org slash policy. Thank you.